Hey friends, welcome back to Pink Plus. I'm your host, Savannah Burns. It's been a little while since we've chatted, and I plan for us to catch up here in the next few episodes, but for now I have someone special I want you to meet. Tell me if this sounds like you. You have a younger sibling who has a friend that you see all the time. They come over to play, spend the night, join in on teasing your sibling with you, and you grew up feeling like they were too a sibling because of how much you saw them and how many of your childhood memories include them. Well, that was Allie for me. Her older sister, Sam, who you'll hear us mention, was also a good friend of mine growing up, and I have so many fond memories of Allie and my little sister tagging along with Sam and I. Allie is one of those people for me who I one day suddenly realized was a grown-up and was blown away because in my mind, she was still like a little sister. Not only had she grown up to be this beautiful young woman, but then she had a baby too. And just like I wish my own sister all the happiness in the world, I also want that for Al. She's about to tell us about her experience giving birth, and while we joke around at different points about crazy things that happened, her reflecting on the birth of her son and using words like traumatic hurts my heart. No woman wants to reminisce about what is supposed to be the most special day of their lives and then have to recall the time she spent processing and healing from that day. I'm so excited to share her episode with you because I know you'll love her like I do. Please meet Allie. My name is Allie Kimber. I was born and raised in Tonopah, Nevada. Just recently moved to Fallon. Um, and when we're living in Tonopah, I got pregnant with Corbin. Just How old is Corbin now? Oh, yeah. Corbin is two. He'll be three in September on the 18th, same as Sam. So his auntie's birthday. And he's a wild child. <laughs> Absolutely a boy. He, I call him my devil child. <laughs> just a very strong personality yeah <laughs> was he like a happy surprise pregnancy were you guys trying to start a family so this probably sounds really weird so when I got pregnant I was 23 and for whatever reason I felt weird like I was so scared to tell my mom that I was pregnant so when me and Nick talked about having a baby it was just more like if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't type of thing. We weren't really trying to stop it. So when I felt like it, you know, I was pregnant, I took the pregnancy test and it said it was negative. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe it takes a couple tries. And then before I gave it about a month later, I took another one and it came out positive. And I just remember that morning, I just sat in the toilet and stared at it because I was just in shock. <laughs> And so then I texted my mom saying, it says yes. And that is it. Because I was scared. <laughs> I don't know why, but I felt like I was going to get judged for being pregnant. And I don't know why. Were you excited though? I mean, you said you were in shock, but were you happy? Yes. Yeah. I don't know really how to feel. Like, I guess I've always wanted to be like a young mom because my mom did have me at a way later age. And because of that, I always told myself, I want to, you know, be a young mom. And so I was scared because we all know, like, how it works, how to have the baby and stuff. But the after part is what was really hard and what scared me, knowing and also knowing it had, to, like, he had to come out of me somehow. <laughs> so that was scary, knowing that. Um, but, yeah, no, I was excited. It was a... Uh, Definitely different. I don't know how to explain it, but I was definitely excited. How was your pregnancy? Did you have a fairly easy pregnancy or did you have like the morning sickness, that kind of stuff? 
So it was literally the day I found out was the day I started having morning sickness. And I had morning sickness for three months and then it went away. But yeah, I can honestly say my pregnancy the whole time was very normal, healthy, had no problems ever. Um, yeah, he just grew perfectly. There was just no complications the whole time. Did he come early or did he come late or right on time? So I think he was supposed to come at like September 20 something. I'm not, I can't really remember, but they ended up wanting to induce me on September 18th, which they didn't even have to. He just kind of came on. Like I went to Vegas that day to get induced like the night before, but they never had to actually induce me. Just, he came that day. Were you, did you feel like you were ready? No, I cried the whole time. <laughs> No, um, I was just, yeah, I was nervous. Cause like I said, knowing he has to come out of me somehow, it, that's really nerve wracking. Yeah, definitely. It's not something that, yeah, it's comfortable to do. You know, you have nurses, you have family members all up in your business. So knowing that was really traumatizing to me. And then... That day that we went in, because like your whole pregnancy, you know, you get checked during your appointments to make sure everything's dilated, everything's good. And the whole time they said everything was great. And the, towards my last couple appointments, they always said, oh, you'll feel him less because you're getting bigger, not enough room, you know. Well, I always told them like, well, I feel him a whole lot more now that I'm bigger than I ever have before. And so I think now I look back, I think that was when he was turning so when I got to the hospital and they checked me, they're like, oh, you know, just it didn't feel right. They felt a crack. And so I assumed it was like the soft spot, you know, on his head that they were feeling. And they're like, no, something's wrong. So they went and got another ultrasound done. And it was his butt crack that they were touching. So he <laughs> wanted to be feet first and be breached. And that was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. What so, was scariest about that for you? Because I instantly knew that just meant C-section. Like I knew what that meant. And I instantly looked at mom and just started crying. And of course, then she started crying. <laughs> um, and honestly, the whole labor part of it, like once they put, you know, the epidural in me, that was scary because that caused a lot of pain for me you know a lot of people say oh it's not that bad well when they did it to me that was that was really painful and I think I had some nurses that didn't have the greatest bedside manners um which makes it really uncomfortable when it's your first time mm -hmm. um so I remember finding that out I don't know if it was before or after I got the epidural, to be honest. I want to say it was before. And so then they gave me the epidural because I couldn't take the pain anymore. And so when the guy was doing the epidural, he was like, you know, kept saying, you know, you got to be still, you got to be still. But every time, whatever he was doing, because I don't know what he was doing, I kept having really bad shocks in my spine. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it was normal or not. 
And so once that was all done and over with, you know, my whole body went numb and it definitely worked because I felt nothing between like my neck and down felt nothing. But then a few minutes after I got my epidural, Nick looked at me and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I was like, I can't breathe. And like, that's a scary feeling knowing you can't breathe, like traumatizing. And so the moment I said that, Nick was like, is anyone going to do anything about this? And then Hella nurses came in and they drugged, I don't know what drugs they put me on, but they drugged me up so badly. I guess not badly, but so much that I was just so out of it. So out of it, I couldn't stop crying. I didn't know really what was going on. Like I knew I was going in for a C-section, but that was just really traumatizing. The way it happened, how it happened, some of the nurses just weren't the greatest. Um, yeah, I just cried the whole time. It was awful. It just was not a good experience. Like the moment that I got my epidural, it just kind of went downhill from there. Okay, so when you say that the nurses weren't the greatest, like they didn't have great bedside manner, do you mean like they were actually like rude, like cold? Or do you mean like... Okay. So like for me, when I first had, when I had Jameson, I was expecting nurses that were like warm and fuzzy that feel like a mom, you know, like right. I'm about to be a mom. I'm terrified. I need somebody that feels like a blanket is going to tell me that I'm doing amazing and call me sweetie. And, you know, somebody that feels like a mom, that's going to help you through it. The nurse that I ended up having was not that she was very much like tough love where she's like, you can do this. You've got this. Right. And I ended up loving her. She was the one that held my hand through my spinal block. And I think I ended up needing that kind of nurse. It wasn't what I wanted. It was not what I expected, especially for a right. labor and delivery nurse. But I ended up really liking her. And in the beginning, I would have said that she probably was not like didn't have great bedside manner. So do you mean that they were like actually rude to you? Or do you mean like it just wasn't what you were expecting? Like you wanted somebody who was maybe a little more warm feeling. So the one nurse I had, she was 24. So she was a year older and I was super sweet. So she was actually really sweet. She was there mostly through the whole time. She's the one that like, cause when you get your epidural, they usually have you hunch on a pillow or something. Well, she actually held me and just pretty much said, hug me, you know, squeeze me as tight as you can. So she made me feel really comfortable. And it was a male who did my epidural. So I think when you have a male's perspective of doing things. They just don't understand what a girl is going through. A woman that is going through a pregnancy, a birth, like they just don't have those emotions. I mean, some do, don't get me wrong. There are amazing male doctors, but the one I had just, he was just tough. He was just like, let me just get this done so I can leave type of attitude. Okay. Not comforting. Yeah, of course. And then you're like naked from you know, underneath your gown and everything. So this guy's like putting a needle in your back while your butt cracks hanging out. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of, uh, definitely a new experience. That's for sure. Okay. Well then, so walk me through what happened after you got your spinal. So they're going to lay you down and then how did you feel? So, like I said, um, once I got all that and they realized like, my heart rate just dropped after getting my epidural, just not feeling okay at all. They got me an oxygen mask. They put me on, like I said, a whole bunch of other drugs that I couldn't tell you what they were. And they rushed, I guess you can say it was kind of like a emergency C-section because my water did already pop at that time. 
Um, so when they got me back there, they had to strap your hands, you know, on the side of you on a table, which I didn't know they did that, which I get why they do, you know, so you don't mess with what they're trying to do. Um, and I just cried the whole time. I couldn't stop crying. I don't know why I wasn't scared. I wasn't in pain because I couldn't feel nothing. It was just all my emotions. I couldn't control my emotions at all. And thank God Nick was able, you know, to go in the room with me. And he sat right there next to me saying, I'm here. Don't worry. I'm not leaving. So he comforted me a lot. And then, so you know how, like, they have those lights so they can see what they're doing? So I remember laying there and crying. And I just looked up and I can see the reflection into what they're doing and so I kept having to tell myself like stop looking you're gonna scar yourself for life <laughs> and Nick was like yeah your guts were just out hanging on the table like on the side of you I'm like oh great <laughs> like <laughs> that's something I don't want to know you know um so do, during the whole c-section and stuff like that that was okay I just couldn't control my emotions I just cried a lot um and then like in movies how or even like I guess in real life when you get a c-section they'll kind of put the baby on the mom's like chest area so you can see them they didn't do that they just kind of like hung them over the little sheet and was like oh there's your baby I'm like oh cool I guess like you know he's cute like because I was just so <laughs> messed up on all these drugs and just crying like I couldn't even deal at that time and so they took the baby over where they clean them up and stuff and I asked Nick, I'm like, is he beautiful? Like, is he perfect? Is there anything wrong with him? He's like, no, he's perfect. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So that, you know, didn't stress me out. But yeah, I think the hardest part was like, just like the drugs they put me on, like they really, it sucked because I don't remember when I was able to hold him the very first time. I don't remember that part. Um, I remember they uh, took me back to my room once they got me all, you know, uh, stitched back up and stuff. And I remember everyone else like holding him and just loving on him. And I'm just like in bed. So sad because not only am I dry heaving, thinking I'm going to puke and die because I, I'm still laying flat. And when you feel like you have to puke and like, you can't move to sit up and puke, you're thinking you're going to just choke on your puke the whole time. Like the nurses weren't doing anything. So Amber, one of my friends, she was there and um, she stuck by me. Like she was there saying, what do you need? Like, do you need something? I'm like, I need something to puke in. Like, you're going to help me up. Like I kind of got snappy with her because I was just so frustrated. But between, you know, Nick and Amber and stuff, they really helped me get through that hard time because like I said, I was really drugged up. Like it was not a good experience at all for me. Um so, yeah, I was, like, sad because I was, like, seeing my baby being tossed around and being held. I'm, like, oh, I wish I could hold my baby, but I'm too numb. I couldn't feel my arms, couldn't feel my legs, couldn't feel my body. Um, so, yeah, I even told Nick the other day, like, I honestly don't remember the very first time I was able to hold him. I just kind of had him, but I don't remember ever realizing the first time I got to hold him. Like, I don't know. Do you no. remember having any shoulder pain? No. After? No? No. Okay. So that was one of the things they told me. Okay. So I, with both of my C-sections, I had the exact same experience with the spinal. With Jameson, I felt like I 
like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Like I, it was super hard for me to breathe. And I was like watching the monitor. I could see my blood pressure just like going lower and lower and lower. And I'm like, this is how I die. And they, Bobby wasn't even in the room at that point. And I kept telling them like, I do not feel good. Something is wrong. I don't feel good. I don't like this. And then they're like, oh, okay, we'll just give it a couple minutes and we'll, you know, it'll start to feel different or whatever. And they're like, bring the husband in. And at that point I'm like, no, do not bring him in. This is not how he needs to remember me dying on the table, giving birth. Like, why would you bring him in when I'm over here suffering? And then after when like he had kind of adjusted some stuff on the machine or whatever, and I felt amazing. Like if you could give me that shit in a bottle, I would have a problem it, I, I was, I had no pain whatsoever. It was completely comfortable the whole rest of the time for the hospital with Barrett. Um, I had the same kind of reaction where I was like, I just really don't feel good. And it felt like my chest was on fire. Like I had like severe heartburn or something. I was like, it's something's wrong. I don't like this. I don't like this. And he's like, Oh, uh, it'll start to feel better when we sit you up. I'm like, okay, but I'm going to be not sitting up for about 45 more minutes. So I'm going to need something to change because I can't just lay here and have my chest feel like it's on fire. Like, that's not cool. No. And with both of them, after the fact, I had shoulder pain. And they said it's because when they, you know, go digging around in your insides, um, air gets in like your body cavity. And so sometimes it'll travel to your shoulder and you have like shoulder pain. It's just like gas. The only time I ever had that is when I had to get my appendix out because they have to blow you up with air to see. That's the only time I had that whole pain in the shoulders, and it's the worst. I never had it during my pregnancy, though. Um, Yeah, I had mixed feelings because after I had Corbin, I'm like, I'm never getting pregnant again. Like, I never want to go through this ever in my life again. It's funny because I always joked when I was pregnant, oh, I probably will have to have a c-section because everything always bad happens to me and sure shit look at what happens like i'm just that family member that just always gets the worst out of everything (laughs) the worst so how was your recovery um so i didn't realize at the time that they cut open like seven layers you know i had no idea i thought it was like you know, your skin, your fat, your muscle, and then like you just had your baby. No, it's so much more than that, right? So not only after, it was probably the next day, they gave me like a little wrap, but they just put it on the counter. They didn't tell me what it was for. They didn't tell me how to use it. So all my stomach, you know, muscles and all that just kind of like jiggling around not knowing like if I were to wrap myself that would really help everything kind of get put back and like make you feel better um so I didn't know that so that was crap because I totally would have used that if I'd known what it was for um because my mom brought me Starbucks and I started choking well when you choke you cough and that was so much pain on my stomach like that was the worst um so the pain afterwards and the hospital wasn't bad because they, you know, gave you medicine constantly. But when I got home, that's where it was crappy because whether or not Nick helped me in the middle of the night, it's a mom instinct just to automatically want to do it yourself because that's just a mom in you, you know. So getting up in the middle of the night, middle of the night to go get boo, 
it just, it sucked. I was in the worst pain, moving so slow. Um, I like stayed hunched for like weeks because I couldn't fully like stretch and extend my body. It was just uncomfortable. It was just, it was very hard and very emotional time after that because I didn't realize just how much they cut through, you know, to get to the baby. So that, that was hard. That was a hard time afterwards for sure. Did, did you use the medication that they sent you home with? Honestly, I don't know if they sent, uh, maybe they did. It's so hard to remember. Um, yeah, I guess if I remember correctly, I know they gave me, I think just like a really strong ibuprofen. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was like anything like the crazy, you know, high medication pills. Um, but yeah, I took that. I really just took Advil, to be honest. I mean, I felt like that or Tylenol, whichever, just really worked. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just the normal ibuprofen that did it. So how did you... I feel like when you have a vision in your head of how you think the birth of your child's going to go, like you have like this birth plan, right? Like you're going to get there and it's going to be like the movies and oh, my water broke. And then it's like, you just push like four or five times and then this baby's born and there's like, you know, the heavens open up and it's like, ah. and then you just hear a mom now. Right. So everything's supposed to be so perfect and rainbows. And then when you have a birth situation, that's not like that. You have to kind of grieve or mourn the loss of that vision, right? You're kind of like having to adjust very quickly to a new birth plan. Oh yeah. So what was that like for you when you thought you were going to have a normal like induction and then very quickly having to realize that you were headed for a C-section? This was really funny. So as much as a C-section was like so scary and like so traumatic and very shocking because I thought I was going to have a normal labor. I was so glad I had a C-section. I was not about to have my legs spread open in front of my mom and Nick and all these doctors looking all up in my business. I wasn't, I didn't want to do it. And I was so scared. That was the only worry I had. I understand they've seen so many. I get that. And I understand they do this job for a reason, but I wasn't down for it. Nope. I did not want people all up in my business. I really did not. So I was actually really glad at the same time that I had a C-section Cause I didn't have to go through all that. I didn't, you know, I mean, it sucks. I wasn't able to experience the labor, how you're supposed to experience it, you know, be that tough mom, you push you, you know, you work so hard to get your baby out. Like, so I was kind of disappointed at the same time that I wasn't able to give that labor, but I was also really glad. That I didn't yeah. Have. You're supposed to be like this birthing goddess, you know, yeah. where you're just like, bring a soul into the world and it's not yeah. it's not supposed to be where you're laying there numb and you're like thinking about what your first meal is going to be afterwards you know? I was just hoping to god I was not going to die because you know when you get closer to your labor like you know giving birth you always get those weird dreams of like you dropped your baby or you died during your pregnancy that's the only thing I ever like would joke about was oh god I'm probably gonna die like and it's not something to joke about because stuff like that does happen but like I'm a really paranoid person when it comes to stuff like that. So the whole time I'm laying there, I'm just like telling myself, Allie, you're fine. You're good. You're still breathing. And so like the the anesthesiologist, I don't know. I think that's who it was. I don't know. It was some guy behind me. 
that was in their room as well. And he just kept saying, okay, they're almost there. Okay. They got the baby out. So he kept like talking and like keeping me updated where the progress was, which kind of helped calm me down. Um, until they started like rocking me back and forth. They're like, Hey, we just kind of have to put everything back in place, which I take it was all my inner sides. <laughs> so they had like shake you to like put it all back. That was uncomfortable. Cause I didn't know they, once again, I didn't know they had to do something like that to get it all back. Yeah. I feel like these are things that should be talked about to new moms. Like walk me through it. Even if it's uncomfortable, I need to, I need like a play by play. Like when you're sitting there and you're numb and literally you have no pain or anything, but you can feel your entire lower body getting shaked around. And then this last time with Barrett, she literally stuck a fist. It was on her side of the drape, but she stuck her fist in my chest and like pushed to try to get him out. I'm like, lady, a little warning would be great. <laughs> this is stuff that needs to be said to new moms. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is going to be a little weird or, you know, your husband's probably going to see your insides. Like, yeah, no, that they have, it just sucked that they didn't fair warn me soon, which I guess they couldn't because the moment they realized he was breached, they did like rush me. So there was like no time for talking, no time for anything. They literally brought me into the room. They rubbed me down, ready to cut me open. They tied my hands down to the little, you know, I felt like I was in a mental institution at that point. Like <laughs> it just certain things that they don't tell you that they should. Mm-hmm. whether yeah. you're having one or not they should just fair warn you like hey if something were to go sideways this is what they'll do um so yeah like I said during my pregnancy it was great healthy amazing and then the moment I walked in to give birth to him it was just traumatizing it really was it was not it was not a fun fun time at all do you feel like you're past it enough now that you would want to give it another try yeah, I'm past all that now. And I yeah. think that, like postpartum hit me the moment I had him. Mm-hmm. So the moment I had him, I was so blessed that he was out of me. I didn't have to do it again for a while. And like, I remember when I was just holding him and looking at him, like it, probably the next day. Um, yeah, I was just so blessed to have him and just knowing I didn't have to do it again for a while. <laughs> Yeah, you got past the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> now a whole new hard part starts. The newborn phase and then toddlers and Yeah. That's... Were you ever nervous to poop on the table? No, because at the end of the day I knew that stuff like that happens and I know they see it every day with hundreds of women. So I know it wasn't like a shock. Now I wasn't worried about the doctors, like knowing I did that. I didn't want Nick to see that. (laughs) I want Nick to see like the sexy side of me, not, you know, me pooping on the table to give birth (laughs) to our child. Like, so. Isn't that funny though? Like how we would rather our, our men or like our partners, we would rather they see our insides, like our intestines from the inside, than see us shit on the table. Yes. A hundred percent. I told Even Bobby like, to just not tell me. I'm like, please just lie to me. I just would like if I were to have like my next one natural, because they said I could, because it's not like I had complications that I couldn't do it the normal way. It's just my baby wanted to be feet first. And unfortunately, my water popped before they realized that. So they couldn't go in and like turn him. 
but I don't think I would want a whole arm up there either turning him. So once again, I am, you know, it sucked getting a C-section, but the way I am, it was probably for the better. So, yeah. And then like with my mom being there, same thing. Like I didn't want to just expose her. Like I know she's done it and she saw my sister have her firstborn, but like, I just don't want people to be up in my business. Mm -hmm. Did you feel it the moment that he turned into the breech position? So that's where it goes back to when the nurses kept saying, oh, you'll feel less and less, you know, the farther you are because you're bigger, there's not a lot of room or the baby's. Um, And I told him, I'm like, well, I feel him a lot, like constantly all the time. So I think the last, like maybe, because I got checked, you know, probably a month prior, um, well, probably less than a month, but, and everything was fine. So he must've turned like within those last couple of days, maybe weeks. And they only did one ultrasound on me that whole entire pregnancy. And that's when I found out my gender. And that's what mind boggles me and Nick because they're like, why would they only do one ultrasound like just to find out the gender? But like you would think they would do one or two more just in case, but they didn't. Do you you remember how far along you were when you found out the gender, when that ultrasound was? I'm going to say like 20 something weeks, like 21 weeks, 22 weeks. Right. Isn't that right? So was it the same ultrasound that was like the anatomy scan where they like measured yeah. his insides and all that stuff? Yep. Okay. And then that was the only one. So, and a lot of people hmm. think that's really all. They're like, God, that's so weird that they didn't have more. And like, I talked to my mom and she's like, well, usually they just kind of will only do that. Like check you more if they feel like you have complications, you know, they'll check you. So I really don't know. They obviously just thought everything was fine. Um, and like my doctor, she was really sweet and stuff. Um, I really liked her. Nick obviously isn't a fan because it's something that couldn't have been avoided. It's something that they can definitely fix before I had to do a whole C-section, but they didn't. So it's just kind of like, well, it is what it is. Now we know not to go back to that person. We'll find somebody else and just let them know what happened. So they can kind of take more of a precaution for the next labor. Well, and I want to go back to you said that they left your uterine binder like just laying on the counter. Do you feel like you got proper postpartum and recovery care at the hospital? No. Aside from the uterine binder, like even more so? So this is really embarrassing to talk about, um, which me and Nick laugh about it now. But at the time, I wanted to punch this one nurse in the face because... I wanted to breastfeed and I'm just one of those moms that have one of those breasts that just were not able to breastfeed. My child just wouldn't latch, you know, I just, you know, it just wasn't working. So this one nurse kept like helping me nurse my child and, you know, she's grabbing onto my breast and squeezing, you know, the milk into my baby's mouth, trying for him to latch on very uncomfortable because you have a stranger squeezing at your boob to feed your child, very uncomfortable. So it must've been like the uh, nurses time to switch their shift. And I got this other lady 
And while she's helping me, because I didn't ask for it, I was getting frustrated. So Nick was like, here, I'll call in a nurse, see if she can help you. I was like, okay, fine, you know, whatever. So this nurse comes in, and as she's trying to help me nurse him, she burps in my face. She's like, oh, sorry, just had a Pepsi. And I'm like, just, I was just in shock. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And Nick was sleeping, but like, he can still like hear what was going on. So we talked about the next morning. He's like, babe, I'm so sorry. I will never ask another nurse to come in and help you ever again. Like he felt so bad. So that was, that was very frustrating because you already just want to be left alone with your baby. You have nurses automatically coming in and out, in and out, in and out to do discharge papers and all the paperwork and people check on you and the baby and give you the medicine. Like you have no time for yourself the whole time you're there. They just keep bugging you. I'm trying to breastfeed my baby in peace because I'm trying to, and it wasn't working. I just needed more time with people leaving me alone. And I didn't get that on top of a nurse burping in my face. What kind of support do you wish you had had as far as breastfeeding in the hospital? Like what would have helped you to get to a point where you were comfortable before you left? Because you live out in the middle of nowhere. It's not like you can just call up like a lactation consultant <laughs> like you can here in Vegas, you know? So what would have helped you get to the point where you felt comfortable then taking him home to nurse? Maybe just better nurses. Like honestly, just better nurses that are just, I think they kind of get complacent with their job. They're like, oh, we've done this thousands of times. Like let me just walk in and, you know, I think nurses need to realize there's a lot of new moms that have different personalities. They have different worries and they kind of just need to just be more, I don't know the word. Um, just realize that like for first moms, it's not always going to be the same for everybody. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know, just be more, try to make them just feel as good as best as they can. And I just didn't get that. I just got as like, Oh, here you go. Here's this. Oh, here you go. Here's that. Like, I just didn't get the warmth of these nurses at all. Do you feel like you got enough education before you left the hospital as far as like breastfeeding, how often you're supposed to breastfeed, how to take care of yourself postpartum, what to look out for for postpartum depression, what to look out for your newborn, any of that stuff? Do you feel like you left prepared at all? Um, so the only reason why I knew somewhat of what I was doing is because when Sam had Ira, she was living, we're all living together at that time. So having Ira watching my sister, you know, I kind of got a clue, obviously how to do things. Um, there's a one nurse I had and she helped me find positions to hold your baby to breastfeed. So that helped because I didn't know how many positions they had for that. Um, so that helped. Um, but yeah, I really just did not get a, a lot of education at my place that I went to down mm -hmm. in Vegas. Um, so yeah, that's why I've always told Nick, like, if we were to ever have another one, I want to really do my research and find a good place to go to for my next birth. Did you have any issues with postpartum depression or anxiety or anything after? So... After a few nights of realizing Corbin was just going to wake up like every 30, every hour, you know, um, I would fall asleep 
the first time with him at nighttime, that first time he would wake up, I would just take myself in the living room, turn on the lights, turn on TV, and I would stay up for the rest of the night. I would not go back to sleep. I would stay up until probably like maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night and then stay all the way up until Nick went to work. I just wouldn't sleep. I What was the point? I would have to get back up anyway. So I just stayed up. I would not go to sleep. I would just stay up the whole night and just rock him and cry. I cried so much. Um, there's one night that I do tell people because people don't realize, once again, women are different with postpartum anxiety. Um, with mine, there was a night that I just couldn't take it anymore. I was going to lose my shit. And Nick was sleeping because I'm pretty sure he was back at work. Um, and he's a deep sleep. Like he does not, he doesn't hear much when he's sleeping. So I got up with Corbin, made him a bottle. And I remember sitting at the edge of the bed, looking at my belly, looking at Corbin. Um, and I was hitting myself in the head crying while I'm feeding Corbin because I was just so frustrated and it's not because I wasn't mad at Corbin. I had nothing to do with Nick. It's just postpartum. It's just what it does to you. So I was feeding him hitting myself in the head. And I remember Nick kind of woke up from that. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. And then he just kind of like went back to bed and I just cried. And guys, there's, you know, a lot of guys who just don't always get it. You know, they're not the ones that have to deal with the postpartum. They don't have to carry a baby for nine months. They don't have to deliver that baby. So there's a lot of things that a lot of guys don't understand. But Nick was there as best as he knew how to be. Like, mm -hmm. he can only do his best on his part. Um, so, yeah, I went through postpartum for about probably three months. Really bad. Stayed up all night. Wouldn't go to sleep. Um, and there were thoughts of self-harm a lot um yeah it's a very serious thing that a lot of women don't realize and that should be talked about more um I knew I had a beautiful baby I knew I had a beautiful family but at that point in time in my life yeah I didn't want to be on the earth anymore at that time um I called my mom a lot crying um I eventually got on medication to you know helped me stay steady there for a minute um yeah it was not postpartum was probably the hardest out of it all that was hard definitely never want to go through that again now that I know how I can get I would obviously do something for my next pregnancy to avoid getting that bad um and then you know you almost lose yourself having a child you you know, it's like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like a piece of you is just gone in a way, you know, you don't have friends that come over. You can't go hang out. You can't, you can't do anything there for a minute. And so I just felt like I was here in the world, but I was nobody at that time. It's just, it's a hard time to go through. It really was. It was not fun. So. Do you think it would have been beneficial for the hospital to maybe give Nick a heads up about what to look for so he could have helped you more or known like what the symptoms were for postpartum depression and stuff like that? Do you think it would have made any difference? Um, I don't know. That's a really hard call. Like I said, Nick did the best that he can do. 
Um, and I was off for three months. So like a lot of women go get back um, to their jobs quite like right after, soon after their pregnancy. I was off for a long three months. And so Nick was only off for like a month. And so I had a long time being by myself at the house with the baby, sleep deprived, not mm-hmm. eating, going through postpartum depression, anxiety. Yeah, there's just times where, you know, Corbin would just be napping and I would be crying in the bathroom because I just, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, Nick's at work. What can he do? So I think even if the nurses were to give Nick a little heads up, there still would only have been so much that he would be able to do Mm -hmm. him being at work. So, you know, with him working, I know he's tired too on top of a newborn baby. So I just try to do everything myself. And I realized real fast that you need help. Like, and it's not a bad thing to ask for help at all. Mm -hmm. So, Do you think you had any trouble um, bonding or connecting or anything like that in your postpartum depression? Or did you have any issue with that? Like with Corbin? Yeah. No, not at all, to be honest. I mean, yeah, breastfeeding was still frustrating. I eventually switched to formula because I'm like, my baby has to eat, you know, and obviously the breastfeeding wasn't working. Um, But no, there was never a time that I ever felt disconnected from him ever. What was your issue with breastfeeding? You said it was like a, maybe a latch issue. Yeah, definitely a latch issue. So it's just how my breasts are. They're just not made for breastfeeding. And, you know, they give you like little things to put around, you know, to help. I don't know. The shields. Yeah, that, um, and that didn't work. So, I mean, obviously I didn't want to give up. I was really disappointed in myself because like, Sam, she breastfed all her kids, never once stopped, gave up. She just did it. She was just a pro. She was just one of those people that can just feed her babies with no problems. And so I was disappointed that I was not able to do that with all the benefits breastfeeding does to your child. I was upset that I wasn't able to give that to Corbin. Now I did pump and was able to get um, my breast milk out then to feed him. So he did get some of my liquid gold, but definitely not as much as I wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So in the hospital, when you realized that he had a bit of a latch struggle, did they ever bring in a lactation specialist or anything to try to help you? So unless that was a girl who burped in my face, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Um, who knows? Maybe that was her. And if so, she should be fired. <laughs> I'm glad you could laugh about it now. Cause, uh, oh my God, I would be furious, <laughs> especially <laughs> like hormonal. Oh God. And Nick felt so bad. He was probably traumatized with that. He was <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I'm never helping again. <laughs> Oh, sorry, just had a Pepsi. Yeah, well, I just had seven layers of my skate cut open, bitch. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? So maybe that was her. Maybe she was just a nurse. I really don't know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel like you should name drop this hospital. But, <laughs> you know, I thought about it a few times. 
I mean, what are they going to do? Sue me? Like, come on. I'm about ready to, like, write a Yelp review for <laughs> you. Like, <laughs> didn't give me a uterine binder. Didn't prepare me for postpartum depression. Nurse burped in my face. <laughs> what? It, and then, like, when you're at the doctor's, like, after you give birth, like, the day or two, you know, they'll bring you in dinner for free at their little cafeteria, right? So they obviously gave me and Nick a meal the first night for free. And then I continued to get it for free. But then Nick had to start paying. And I thought that was kind of bullshit. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm the one who really went through it all. But he's, like, he's the father of this child. Like, why does he have to pay? So when he called the order and realized that mine was free, but he had to pay, I'm like, no, that's bullshit. So I made him hang up. I was like, that's not okay to me. I thought that was very unfair. So he went and got me Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> so then both of you had to pay. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like it was more fair that way. Oh my gosh. I Okay. When we're done recording, you have to tell me what hospital this was. Because I'm okay. mad. I'm mad about your experience. Like, and next, okay. time, next time you need to use Henderson Hospital. So it's crazy because I wanted to have the doctor my sister had for Ira. She was an older lady, but like, she was just good at what she did. And I did like her, but then she retired. So then I got this other lady. So it just from the very beginning, doctor wise of who I chose, it just went kind of downhill from there. And they were all always very nice. It's just, I wish they would have caught this sooner because once again it could have been totally avoided and I can just had a natural birth did you use the same hospital that Sam used good question I felt like Sam always went to Summerlin I could be totally wrong though because I stayed like on right when you come into Vegas mm -hmm. right on that side I felt like Sam always went more on the other side so maybe she like hopped around different hospitals I don't know hmm. I would have to ask her on that one well so. even just aside from you having a surprise c-section the rest of your experience has been traumatic not yeah. only for you but for us listening to your story <laughs> who burps in a patient's face I had nurses that literally put my binder on for me. Like oh, they yeah. would lay it on the bed. I would lay down after they just wiped up all my blood and everything. Like I did nothing for myself the entire time I was there. They did everything for me. So the fact that they didn't even explain to you how to use a binder. I'm literally looking at my binder right now. I record in my closet because of the sound quality and I can see my binder right now in the corner. Yeah, I don't. So when they gave that to me, I was just like, oh, what is this for? Like, I wasn't really sure. And they just, yeah, they never told me what it was for. They never helped me put it on. And having a C-section, you want your stomach to be tight and in because, well, you just got seven layers cut open. Like, that's painful. Everything is loosey-goosey inside. Like, you want to hold it all together, and they did not do that. So yeah, it's supposed to help your uterus go back to its normal right. size. So the fact that they did it in, like, try to help you and then they charged your spouse or your partner for his meals which i thought was just ridiculous i'm like are you kidding me like yeah it was ridiculous
like there were good parts about the hospital like the nurse that had me hold on to her and I got my epidural the guy who kept letting me know how my c-section was going he was great but those are like the two main doctors I liked everyone else was just kind of like oh here you go like no need explanation okay bye like yeah so it was a like I said, it's a blessing in disguise. I got my beautiful child out of it, but very traumatized how it had to all happened to get him out. That's going to be a funny story to tell him later, though, <laughs> about the soda. Oh, God. Like I said, me and Nick laughed about it till this day. And I honestly forgot about it for the longest time until Nick brought up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that bitch totally did do that. Like, <laughs> totally forgot she did that. While she's groping onto my boob. Like, it was just a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, one to remember, that's for sure. So, did you get him to latch at all at any point? Like, were you able to nurse even a little bit? So, anytime he was able to latch, he would just fall asleep. And then, so I kind of just gave up. I'm like, Mom, I'm just going to have to go to formula. Like, I got to feed him because he's just not gaining enough. And... You know, they say, like, when the saliva goes back into the nipple, you know, into your boob, your boob knows to keep producing that milk for your child. Well, I wasn't getting that. So, yeah, I can only pump for so long. And then it just dried, you know, my milk dried up. And it was done. So, yeah, it was frustrating. And anytime that I did try having him latch, he would just fall asleep. So, yeah, formula for me was just the way to go. How did you feel about pumping versus nursing? So pumping is awkward because the sound. You're sitting there with a messy bun. You stink. You probably smell like vomit from your baby puking on you. While you're sitting there with these big tube looking things on your boobs, making sound, pulling on your nipple, like, that's just not a good time. That's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It hurts. One thing that, once again, like, the guy doesn't understand that they have to go through. And so that was really uncomfortable. But like I said, I was blessed. I was able to use that to get some of the liquid gold out to feed my child in the beginning. So your milk did come in then? It wasn't oh, yeah. just colostrum? Nope. It came in beautifully. Perfect. So, Yeah. And then how long did you pump for before you switched? Probably about a month. So there was a time where Laura came down and she stayed with us, I think for like a night or two. And Corbin woke up and I, you know, I heard him and she's like, hey, I need, you know, milk to feed him. I'm like, okay, I'll get right on it. So I got my pump machine out, started, you know, pumping. And like I said, it was three o'clock in the morning, falling asleep, trying to pump. And I'm like, okay, here, Laura, here's the milk. Like when I'm done. So yeah, it was just, um, it was great. My milk came in, but just waking up in the middle of the night, listening to that pumping sound while Nick's trying to sleep next to me. It was just, I felt bad for him. I felt stupid. There's just a lot of emotions that you feel that you wouldn't think you would feel, but you do. Because Mm -hmm. we want to be, you know, that sexy girlfriend, that sexy hot mom until real reality hits. And it's not like that whatsoever. But that's how you know that your love is true. (laughs) He sees your insides (laughs) and 
sees you in your hot, messy bun and at 3 a.m. with uh, tubes attached to your titties. Yep. <laughs> he saw my true self, that's for sure. Yeah. But no, it was, like I said, it was good and bad all at the same time. Now I can laugh about it, but definitely future reference, I'm Googling and doing research with which doctor I get next for sure. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there should be a lot more education about just nursing in general. For Jameson, he had a hard time latching the very first time, both of my boys, the very first um, trying to breastfeed, like they were less than an hour old. They both latched amazing right off the bat. Yeah. Then both of them r really struggled. Like Jameson, he wasn't getting enough from me. And I was, I started producing colostrum at like six months along in my pregnancy. So I thought I was going to have no problem breastfeeding. Then with Jameson, he was like getting all the colostrum and then he was still hungry and nothing was happening. So I had a lactation specialist come in and all she kept doing was having me try the football hold and it wasn't doing anything. Jameson hated it. He was like, why are you holding me like this? This is stupid. And I'm not getting anything. And he was just pissed off all the time. So I ended up having to supplement. And then my milk never even came in with him. I only ever got colostrum. And then with Barrett, my, or, uh, my milk came in, but he was having a hard time latching. He would like suck three times and then he would come off of it. So our entire breastfeeding uh, journey or whatever for the entire time we were in the hospital was just latching. Latching, suck three times, unlatch. Latch again, suck three times, unlatch. Like we spent hours trying to do this. And at one point I had three different nurses and the specialist come in and nobody could get this child to latch like he was supposed to. Oh God. But the stuff that I learned. So my girlfriend, uh, she nursed her daughter until, uh, maybe like a year and a half. And she just, she was a pro at the breastfeeding thing. I learned more from her telling me how to pump, how to get my milk supply in, what to eat, what to avoid, how to up my milk supply, how to get them to latch, what positions I should try, stuff like that. I learned more from her than I did from anybody at the hospital. And I really could have benefited from more education the first time around with Jameson, because I would have loved to at least tried to get my milk in then. Right. And I didn't and know any of this. Right. And that's so true. Exactly what you said. Like, I learned more from Laura, from my mom, from Sam, from Shay, from Amber, like from all, you know, Emily, from all my friends and family than I ever did from the hospital. Yeah. So, I mean, thankful, you know, we do have people in our lives that can definitely come forward and help us. But yeah, it'd been nice to know way ahead of time. Yeah. Sure. And they'll tell you, like, they'll give you discharge instructions about, like, hey, if you have a clot that's bigger than this big, you need to be seen again. But they don't tell you or tell your spouse, hey, when she starts crying uncontrollably and has this look of defeat in her eyes and she's not eating and she's not sleeping and she just kind of wants to die, right. she also needs to be seen. You know, like, there's so much in the way of education that gets left out for new moms. Well, and so at that time, because when I was pregnant, you know, we were living in Tonopah and mom would always tell me, you know, you need to go to like, what are they called? Like those classes? Um, like Lamaze? Yes. Like do those, like, I'm like, but where mom, we live in Tonopah, like they don't do anything like that. 
And so, yeah, could I benefit benefited from that? Yes, but we didn't have that. So it's like, and I'm not going to spend all that gas money and all that just to travel an hour, couple hours just to do that. So, yeah, I probably should have done something like that, but small town, you don't get that, you know? Yeah. And you bring up a good point in your pregnancy. Were you ever nervous about being so far away from a hospital? Yes and no. Um, I really paid attention to like the contractions I was having, which were more, um, the little hiccups, the, what are they called? Like the Braxton Hicks? Yeah. Yeah. Those. So I can't really say I had contractions, but I did have a lot of those. And then I just really kept an eye out. And so when they told me, hey, you're going to get on deuce on this day, it was only a couple days prior to what his original day was. Um, so I don't know. I never really did get nervous. I just told myself, like, honestly, if Nick had a speed and go really fast and have cough chase us so be it like it's just gonna be what it is and thank god that didn't happen because he was breached obviously you know I could have either have died myself with my baby because feet first Nick ain't no doctor like he would have known what yeah. to do we'd call the ambulance but it's like how long would they have taken to got there so there was thoughts in my mind like oh my god this could happen that could happen but I just trusted you know I just Everything happens for a reason. And I kind of just based it off that and just went with the flow. And thank God we did leave that night before because I had to be at the hospital at three. So we woke up at like 1.30 in the morning. And then around like five o'clock, my water popped or broke. So um, yeah, thank God we left at that time because if not, I wouldn't been in labor that morning. So mm -hmm. it was a good thing we left that night for sure. So your water broke while you were at the hospital? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You had quite an experience. <laughs> like it was so, there's a lot of funny parts, but a lot of very emotional parts. So hmm. good old story right there. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like your entire birth could have been a movie. <laughs> Dude, it was one hell of a, a labor birth experience, all of it. Because like in the beginning, everything's all cute. We have a cute little baby bump. Everything's so comfortable. But towards towards like the last month, I laid on one side, hell a bad heartburn to where I'm puking, like it's coming up. Lay on my other side, then it's pushing on a sciatic nerve. So there was like no comfortable situation for like the last month, and that sucked because I got mm -hmm. no sleep whatsoever. Well, and then you had Corbin and still didn't get any sleep. So it must have been nice having Laura come down, though, because you yeah. had some help. You could have got some rest. Yeah, that was really nice. Whether it was, like, my mom, Laura, anybody. Well, it was pretty much just Laura mom. But, um, yeah, when they were there, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how much you people need sleep. Moms need sleep. They need sleep to function. They need sleep to be in the, you know, right mind. Like they need that. And so when either one of them came down to help or stay the night, I was just, oh my God, you forget what sleep feels like. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's and when you're not getting like any sleep or you're waking up every two hours or whatever to feed, then when you get a longer stretch and you sleep for like three and a half hours, which is still like nothing, 
then you feel so refreshed. You're like that three and a half hours just really gets you going. God, got you solid. And it was nice because he slept when well, my aunt Trish got him like a little bed that sleeps on our bed. So you don't like roll over on him. So he was in that for a while, but it was nice because the moment he turned five months, we started putting him in his crib and he was able to sleep and he started sleeping through like the whole night, maybe woke up, maybe once had a bottle knocked. So like by the time five months came around, everything got so much better. He slept in his own crib. He would usually sleep through the whole night and it was great. Amazing. Because I know moms struggle with putting their kids in beds, still waking up constantly. But once Corbin hit five months, he, he was a good baby. How long did it take you? Do you feel like, uh, when your emotions and hormones and stuff started to kind of get back to normal, when did you start feeling like yourself again? Probably when he started sleeping all night, to be honest, because then I was able to get full night's rest. And then we, you know, we'd wake up around probably at that time we were waking up between five 30 to six 30. And so I would get up, make myself some coffee. I would give him a bottle and then around eight, nine o'clock came around. He went back down for a nap, woke up for another couple hours, and then he'd go back down at 12 couple hours and wake up at like three or four so he had like two naps throughout the day which also helped around that time so yeah I would say like when he turned five months when I was actually able to sleep just me and Nick in one bed him in his crib yeah that's when I got my sanity back (laughs) starts to feel normal again like a normal bedtime and it's nice yeah it was definitely hard there and for the longest time I was like, I'm never having another baby. So glad I made it through the first one. But I was like, never again. Now I'm okay if I were to get pregnant again. But now I'm at that point where the world's so scary. That's like, do I want to bring in another child? And, you know, my mom's like, you can't live that way. The world has always been scary. You know, even back in her day, there were so many problems issues. But yeah, you know, it is getting scary. Do I want to be selfish and bring another kid into the world or you know at the same time I can't live being scared all the time about what's you know what's going to happen I just kind of have to live my life normal you know and not worry about stuff like that I'm sure your mom is really going to appreciate that you just said back in her day (laughs) (laughs) well she is an old timer you know Back in her day, you know, when people uh, rode dinosaurs, uh, the world was really scary. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Debbie. Uh, I'm serious, though. Like, I'm glad I do have my mother for support. She kept me sane for the longest time because when I was going through that postpartum and stuff, I did. um, Yeah, I called my mom a lot at work, just crying and she definitely helped me out, keep my positivity going for sure. Yeah, it's important when you're a new mom to have somebody there to teach you how to be a mom. Yeah. Nope, it was a definitely one hell of experience, that's for sure. I hope you 
took away something from this episode and can join me in opening conversations about postpartum depression and what we can really do to start educating women about the signs of it. Nobody should cry by themselves in dark contemplating self-harm. If this sounds familiar, please reach out to your people, to professionals, or to me. There's no shame in getting help, and many women don't even realize what's going on when they're in the thick of it. If something feels off, call your doctor. You can also call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.